Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. I'm going to be continuing on from the message that I started last week with an understanding of who are you? Who does God say that you are? When you know who God says you, that you are, you can stand in that place, believe and see what God has said about you come to pass. And it's so important that we build a relationship with God, that we can know who we are, how God sees us, what he's called us to do in working out what is well-pleasing to him. We know that God's called us all to build and seek first the kingdom of God, but God has specific things and he has a specific name and word for you personally. And you'll find uh, that he will call you his own, that you are his son, you are his daughter today. And we need to see ourselves this way. And we need to begin to embrace the promises of God. We need to embrace God's promise to us of who we are, what we can do, what he said that we can do, and that's so important that we do so. We learned last week how that God took Abram out of Ur. He called Abram's wife, Sarah, out together, and Lot came with them and spent time with them, and Lot grew up under Abram's teaching and understanding as a father, even though he was his uncle. But the Bible teaches us that God, when he made covenant with Abraham or Abram, he called him during that time. He says, now you're Abraham. And he came to Sarah. And Sarah, he said that you are now Sarah. And the Bible teaches us that they begin to call themselves what God called them. Remember when Jesus, when he came to Simon Barjoni, or it came to a time when Jesus was asking them, his disciples, who do men say that I am? Uh, they, they, they begin to give uh, example by what everybody else said. And then he said, well, who do you say that I, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then we know that Jesus looked at him and said, Simon Bar-Jonah, you are now Peter. He, so he called Simon Peter from that time on. And Peter took upon that name. He became who God says he was. Remember what we read out of Romans chapter four, where it says in verse 17, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. See, God is making us today. He has made us something. He has made you a child that belongs to him. You are no longer of this world. You are a child of the living God. You've been born again. You have that nature of God. And it says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, God. Who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. Romans 4, 17. It says again, I'm going to read it again. As it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, God, who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. Abraham began to call himself what God has said. He said, you're Abraham. And here you see, it says, as it is written, I made thee a father of many nations. That word Abraham means father of many nations. And so Abraham called himself that. He understood that God, who can quicken the dead, calls those things that be not as though they were. Abraham, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. 
when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's room, and he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. It's so important today that when God speaks to your heart, when he gives you a revelation of what he's done in you in Christ, when you begin to understand that old things have passed away, all things have become new, you need to begin to say of yourself and to yourself, I am a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. When the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 two through 3, about 1 and 2, talks about us presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, and that we should renew our mind, not to be conformed to this world, not letting the words the seeds, the words of this world to conform us and the image they, they want out of us. No, we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind because your mind, your soulish man, is what's in control of your sense man, your physical man, your, your man in whom sees what he sees, who hears what he hears, who, who does what he does in the natural my point being is, is we're not called to be moved by our senses. This is why Abraham, he did not consider his own body. He didn't consider what he sensed. He didn't consider how he felt. He didn't consider what his natural state was as being the end of what the facts are. No, the fact is, is what God has said because God calls those things that be not as though they were. When you believe what God has said, you become what God has said. When you believe what God has said, you become what God has said. You can do what God has said. But we have to embrace God's promises. We have to embrace that. We become fully persuaded according to what has been spoken. If you grab a hold of what God has said about you, then you're going to become who God says that you are. God has already said so many good and wonderful things and has promised so many good and wonderful things. Things even like he told Joshua, which is for us because it's part of our covenant, part of our promise. It's in the scripture and teaches us that things that you put your hand to, they're going to prosper. You're going to have good success. As we begin to be led by God into the things that we do, you're going to find that God is working in your life. Even in times that you feel like, you know what, I'm trying to obey God. I might even make a wrong step. But God is faithful to pull you into the right place, get you in the right position. But he's also merciful that he's even going to help you in that time. He'll bring you out and he'll help you. He'll be with you all the way through because God is with us. We have a covenant with God. We don't want to keep going in the wrong direction when we know what we need to do, but we need to change that and get it right and do the things that God has said. But let me just show you something here in the scripture. We have to agree and begin to profess and confess and lay hold of these things in our hearts and with our mouth. That's why Abraham and Peter and others, they didn't call themselves what they used to be. They called themselves who God said they were. They began to act accordingly because they believed God. When you believe God, you begin to act like that. You'll begin to act accordingly because you're going to do what you believe. But this is why we're called to renew our mind. And this is the challenge that we have today. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Very powerful scripture. I'm going to reread this scripture. And I want us to see this because I did read it last uh, in my last message. But I want you to get a hold of this today. It's so important. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, says this. It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you or toward you 
He's, he's saying, okay, I'm making a record of this. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live, that you mayest love the Lord thy God, and, and thou may obey his voice, and thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. You know, the Bible teaches us in this same passage of Scripture, in Romans chapter 4, if we'll look quickly with this, I want you to see something here I think is so important today. Verse 13 says, For the promise, speaking of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the promise that he should be the heir of the world and not to, was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now, this is an understanding because we have the promise of Abraham, the promises that were made given and God intended it to not come through the law because the law revealed the curse. It revealed the need for a new seed to be in the heart of man, to, for a new man to come forth, for a new state of being in humanity needed to happen before the promise could be sure. Before it could come to pass. And we need to see this. Look in verse 16. Same passage of scripture. Uh, Romans chapter 4, 16 says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to only that which is of the law, but to that also which is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So we see that this promise wasn't just to the children of Israel. No, this is to us. And there are many great and precious promises that we have. But oftentimes as believers, this is something that separates religion from the reality of what God has done in Christ for us. Religion sees it a different way. They don't see oftentimes themselves as God sees them, as God has said they are. But they see themselves as they feel, as they think, as they are moved, uh, as the works that they do. But we need to see ourselves as God has called us, as God has said, as God has spoken, as what God has done in Christ in us by the receiving of the word of God, believing upon the word of God. And it is so important that we today believe that the Bible is God's word. Because it is. God, as a spirit, the Holy Spirit moved upon men of old who wrote the word of God, the prophets of old. We know uh, that he has moved upon them to write and to pen the words that we need because without the revelation of who Jesus is and the way man is going to know that revelation isn't going to come through an experience of feeling on the outside. It's going to come through the words. Words are spiritual. Words are powerful. Words are seeds. Just as Adam was deceived in the garden or Eve was deceived in the garden and Adam committed the transgression against God because of the seed that they believed upon and they received in them that changed their very nature. And today we need to see this. You know, the Bible tells us that we have authority in the spirit. We have dominion today as a believer 
to embrace God's promises, to see these things come to pass in our life as God has spoken. But we believe upon them. We embrace them. We mix them in our heart. We renew our mind according to the truth as it is in God. God's word is spiritual. Jesus said, my words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life to all of those who find them. Today, we have the word of God that we can hear, mix in our heart, and begin to see it come to pass. As it is written, I have made thee. Today, God is making you. God is revealing some things to you. I want us to see today something that is so important because we need to know today what we have. The Bible says, I like what Romans says here in Romans 8, verse 2. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. That law of sin and death is what we call cursing or the curse, which is found in the nature of all mankind that is outside of Christ. Men and women who are not born again, the Bible says they are ungodly, that they are outside of the goodness that is in God, and that they, now let me just say it like this, we encounter God through the Spirit. We, God uses His Word, and it is planted into our hearts. That's how we're saved. The Bible says, how can they be saved unless they hear? How can they hear unless a preacher is sent? The word that you speak, the words that you speak, the word of God on the inside of you, they're spiritual, they're powerful. That's why the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And it teaches us that the words that is on the inside of us, Jesus even said it like this, and the Bible reveals to us that out of the abundance of the heart, your spirit, man, will the mouth speak. What's in the spirit will come out of your mouth. And And this is why it's so important as a Christian, as a believer today, who's been born again. A Christian is someone who's been born of the word, been born again, who's believed upon the word, made Jesus Christ Lord because they have the revelation that Jesus is the Savior. He is the way into salvation and that through him that we have salvation through his blood. And a person that receives that makes Jesus Lord, confesses him with their mouth, believes him upon their heart and does what he says, the Bible says, they are followers of Christ. And it's so important today That as a believer today, a Christian today, Christ-like one, that's what the word Christian means, godly person who's been born again. Remember, that seed is incorruptible that's on the inside of you. And the Bible tells us that we've been born again not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, which is the word of God in us. The word of God in us, spoken to us. Even now, you're hearing the word of God. The Holy Spirit will take and make that manifest in you. He'll make that a revelation on the inside if you'll hear it, if you'll receive it in your spirit. If you're hungering for the, for the knowledge of God, the word of God, the spirit of God will take even what words I'm saying to you and begin to form them on the inside of you, telling you who you are, what you can do, who you can be, what can take place. And let me just say it like this. When you follow him and you obey him and you hear his word, which is life to you today, When you get that on the inside of you, you meditate on that. You begin to think upon it. You begin to confess it. You begin to receive it. 
I am who God says I am. Like Abraham said, I am who God says I am. As it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations. That's what God said of him. He said, okay, I believe you. I receive it. And the Bible tells us that he believed God. And he became that. I have made thee. You see, man in his fallen nature cannot produce the things of God. He's separated from God. He's separated from the life of God. The Bible says in Romans 8, 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. The law. I want you to look at that just for a moment. What is this law? We talk about the laws of seed, time, and harvest. We talk about particular laws. We're talking about the law of the seed today. Just for a moment, because the seed that you've received by the word of God is the seed of Christ in you. And then when a person is born again, that ground, God, the Bible teaches us that we continue in the word. We continue in the word. We continue with the word. We continue to do the word of God as we hear the word of God. It's like the milk and the meat, and it begins to feed our spirit because we begin to realize who we are, who God is, what he's done, the things we can do, what we can have what he's done for us, we be, and we begin to grow and mature in these areas. We begin to produce the fruit of that godliness that's on the inside of us uh, unto holiness, the Bible says, which is the literally producing the fruit of that newborn again spirit into the reality, into this realm. Because what God has done in you is greater than anything Satan released through the first seed that is in man when man is born. Man is separated from the life of God from birth. Now, the Bible teaches us that man is born into sin. What is sin? Sin is the the state of the nature of man. I want us to look just for a moment here. We're talking about seed. We're talking about just for a moment here. I want us to see because it's so important. If you get a hold of this, you're going to start seeing and beginning to get a better understanding of what God has done for you and how to apply it, how you're going to live it out, how, it, how it's true and how you can walk it out. But we need to understand this. We need to see this today. We need to understand what God has done for us in the condition of man and where we were and what we are today. Because by this, you'll understand the dominion that you have. In the beginning, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. and the image of God created he, him, male and female created he them. And he blessed them. If you notice, he didn't curse them. There's no curse there because curse didn't exist. But he blessed them. We have to choose blessing. We read that in Deuteronomy 30, 19. He blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. 
I have given you every green herb for meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And the evening, the morning was the sixth day. God blessed man, gave him dominion over everything that pertains to this world, to this earth. And man is, was first in that state. But when man fell, man re, uh, s- uh, surrendered that dominion over to Satan. This is why the Bible calls him the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air. That's why the Bible teaches us that we must be born again. I want us to look at something just for a moment here because it's so important. Look, if you will, in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We're going to begin reading verse 6. This is where Jesus was tempted by Satan. Luke 4, verse 6. A temptation is just that. It has to be something that, this is not deception, this is temptation. Temptation was something that is. Something that can be obtained. Luke 4, verse 6. And the devil said unto him, speaking to Jesus, All this power will I give unto thee, all this dominion and authority that I have, I will give unto thee and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me. He said, for, the, for that dominion was delivered unto me. So Satan is saying, I'm going, I can give this to you because it was delivered to me. And to whosoever, I will give it. If you will therefore worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered in verse 8, he says, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written... Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only will you serve. You see, Satan was offering the dominion that he had. Now, I don't believe that Satan would have given him full dominion. If you notice there, he says that he can give this to whoever he will. Now, again, Satan has the dominion because Adam surrendered it over to him. He wasn't in the deception. Adam wasn't. He was deceived. But Adam surrendered willingly, knowingly, what he was doing. And from there, the Bible says that death began to reign from that point on. I want us to look in Romans chapter 5 real quick, if you will. Romans chapter 5. Let's begin reading in verse 17. It says, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one. Speaking of Adam, death, this is the curse. This is where death reigns. This is sin. This is what's in the nature of man. Death reigned by one. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. I want us to look quickly now, just straight up here, if you will. In verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin... Entered into the world. Speaking of Adam, sin into the world. And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So the Bible says that all have sinned. Man, because of Adam, all men are born in sin. They are separated from the blessing and the life that God intended and the dominion that they have outside of Christ. Outside of the seed. Outside of the new man. Or the new Adam, if I can say it like that. The Bible tells us in verse 
19, if you will. It says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto, unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the Bible teaches us that Jesus, which is what we would call the second Adam, the Bible tells us these things. The Bible reveals and shows us that that seed of Christ, the seed of God, which is Christ, that through him, faith in him, and I think this is important to note, if you notice it tells us that it was by one man's disobedience that the obedience of one. You see, if the devil would have been smart, he probably would have waited until there was a lot of people and try to get a whole lot of people involved in that, maybe. And maybe we'd have to have more than one. But let me just say this. The disobedience of one, many were made sinners. But by the obedience of one, many were made righteous. You see, it doesn't come from our righteousness, our goodness. You cannot do anything to make yourself righteous. You can't make yourself godly just by good deeds or being a good person or going to church or doing something good for the poor or doing any of those things. That is not how it is. You can't join a religion. You can't be uh, in some form of religion and that make you righteous before God. No, it is by receiving the seed of Christ in you, the word of God, this about and on Jesus. Because when you receive the word of Christ, you receive Christ. When you receive the gospel of Christ, you receive Christ. When you receive that in your heart, God and the Holy Spirit begins to work in you according to that which you believe. And as you begin to confess that with your mouth, you begin to see change. You begin to see what God has said because you believed upon him for your salvation. It's the same understanding when it comes to the promises of God. We have great and precious promises that we embrace. We've been created in Christ Jesus. We're no longer sinners. No, we've been saved by grace. We are his righteousness because we are no longer of the same nature as man had in his uh, fall. But we've been born again. We are now, the Bible says that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. That which Adam had surrendered over is no longer in us and a part of our life. We are no longer who we used to be. We are who God says that we are today. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free. Man is enslaved. All natural man outside of Christ is enslaved in the bondage of sin. And this is why they must hear the gospel of the salvation through those who have received it everywhere that they are because only through Christ can man be saved. God sent his son to deliver us from the nature of sin. I want us to look, if you will, in Romans 5.6. Romans 5.6 says this. Is, it says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. So you see that the Bible says that Christ died for the ungodly. 
Who is the ungodly? All of mankind. Because all of mankind is ungodly because they lost the nature that God put in them from the, when God created them and breathed his spirit into them through sin, they died to that spiritual life, that godliness that God put in them. And they became, the Bible says, servants to sin. That means they became of the seed of the deception that was sown in the disobedience, no longer of the seed and, and, and of God, but now of the seed that was put in by Satan. And the Bible says that Christ died. So the seed died, the seed that was sown, because the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, it tells us, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not into seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. The promise, what we're talking about is the promises are in Christ. The promises that we have are through the covenant that we have with God through Christ. We're not going to get them outside of that. The world is working on a whole different kind of system. We call it the mammon system, which is of the God of this world, which is it's in their nature, they, the Bible says they're separated from the life of God. This is why the preaching of the gospel is so important by every person who believes in Christ to all of those who are outside of Christ because of the end of that nature will bring ultimate destruction, even the second death, according to Revelation, which is from, for eternity separated from the life of God. And those who have been born again through what God has done for us through Jesus Christ because God sent Jesus to humanity to create the seed so that through the seed we become blessed and put into place of dominion where the, like we read a while ago that we rule and we reign through, in life through one Jesus Christ. Romans uh, 4, 5, 17. So we have... We reign in life through Jesus Christ. But we have to receive that seed first. And from that place, when you begin to take your place in Christ, because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, I want us to look at this so you can see this. Outside of Christ, where we all were, each and every person, look in verse one, it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, were in time past. Verse 2, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power, which is Satan, of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. He called them children of, this, of disobedience. That's Adam's transgression, the, the sin in man. So they are walking a course according to the course, the pattern of life, according to that which is in them, separated from the life of God. The Bible says in verse 3, Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Even by nature, by nature, the children of wrath. Man, religion, government, AI, 
None will improve, change, and save mankind. None of those things are there for the betterment of mankind because mankind within itself is living from a place of wrath, a place children of disobedience according to the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air. But those who have received the gift of righteousness in Christ, God has restored, redeemed us back to the place of, that God had intended because the Bible says you were created in righteousness and true holiness. I want you to look at this just for a moment, if you will. Because the Bible says in verse, I like what he says, if you just keep reading down just a little bit here. In, in the book of Ephesians, I love the book of Ephesians, very powerful. The Bible tells us in verse 24, I'm sorry, verse 23, let's, let's begin there. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. The Bible says you put on the new man, a new man, you're a new person. New man, new woman. And the Bible tells us you were born again, not of corruptible, see incorruptible, which is the word of God, created after God. This is not your first birth. This is not from Adam. This is from the seed of Christ. For the promises are in Christ. The promises of God to humanity are in him. You, when you receive Christ, those promises are imputed to you. You have an inheritance of God because you are the children of God. You put on the new man, which, is, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So put away all of the other stuff of the flesh and of the mind. We put it away. In verse 5, chapter 5, I'm sorry, verse 1 says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us. And given himself for us in offering and sacrifice. You see, we are called to walk after God because we've been created after God, back into godliness, created in righteousness, created in this godliness and true holiness. You see, it is in the promise that is in the seed of Christ, which is in you, wherein you begin to declare what God has said. When God has called you by name, what God has given to you is your dominion. You rule and reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. It's so important today that our prayer, our understanding, this isn't arrogance, this isn't some kind of high form of some kind of uh, something that, 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 that makes us uh, better, so to speak, than others. No, it's about an understanding of what we possess and what we have. We have been given a new nature. God has mercy on the ungodly. Jesus, the Bible says, came because God's love for all humanity. We are called to preach the gospel to humanity, not hide it, and not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to all those who believe. We can't control what they will believe to the hearing of the word of the gospel, of that seed. But if they'll receive that seed, they'll be changed as you were changed. They'll be changed into that image. They'll begin to grow and develop into that place as they begin to follow God, as they begin to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. And 
as a believer today, when you take your position and dominion, you're no longer ungodly, but you are godly. You're being created from that seed, born again, redeemed. And the Bible tells us that you have a place of authority and dominion according to that which is in the seed, according to the promise that we have. And we can believe God. We can rest assured because this is who God says that we are, not how we feel. We're not, we're not looking at our body. We're not looking at our mind that needs to continually be renewed, casting down imaginations that exhaust themselves against the knowledge of God. We're bringing every thought into captivity. We're retraining how to speak, how to talk, according to the promise, according to what we have, according to the covenant, because of who we are in Christ, because of what he has done on the inside of us. So we speak according to that. We think according to that. We get our words in that place. And that, that position of dominion begins to manifest in our life when you begin to walk in it. You begin to stand in it. This is the place of faith because the word of faith, the word of God is living. Living faith on the inside of you according to the seed which you have received. And when you begin to speak it just like Abraham did, he is fully persuaded. That God, he calls those things that be not as though they were. He'll even quicken the dead. So today, you might have some things in your life. You need to quicken by your words according to that which is spoken. Right now, why don't you begin to just take your place in Christ? Thank you for listening to today. If you're wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages. 